Good morning and welcome to the weekly roundtable. C-SPAN here. Um, just a couple announcements to go through this week and uh, we'll kick right off into the show. So uh, today is April 9th. Uh, today happens to be my 33rd wedding anniversary. So uh, very thankful uh, for Amy McGee, a moment of weakness in 1988 when she married me on April 9th. Um, but I'm very thankful for her and uh, if you need an excuse to go celebrate and kiss your wife, make sure you do it. Uh, 33 years is a long time, uh, and I will tell you, uh, you got to be deliberate to be successful in that. So um, keep getting after it. The other thing I'll tell you is um, I keep emphasizing if you haven't signed up for a Grow Ruck this year, this is the year COVID, uh, there aren't very many blessings that COVID's provided, but this um, Grow Ruck schedule is one of them. If you haven't signed up for a Grow Ruck, get off the fence, get signed up. So many options. They're all going to be great events. Uh, very, very competitive about the number of men in each event. Just get yourself signed up. Uh, Grow Ruck Gus is going to be, appears that he's going to be doing a lot of burpees by the time he gets to California. So that. Let's just jump into uh, today's topic. And it's uh, we're going to continue to expand on the mental battle. Throughout the year uh, on the roundtable, we're going to be having uh, a lot of guests kind of going over, sharing testimonies, sharing the discussion about continuing the mental battle uh, throughout the year. So normally that's uh, the month of March in F3, but this year we're going to try and promote mental health um, and, and give you some, you know, some testimonies, some guidance, and some advice from guys who uh, have been through it. And so let's start with the easy stuff first. So GOP, who eats you? How long have you been doing F3? C-SPAN, good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Um, who eh me? That person is blue, Steve Heitzman um, in Metro. And uh, he, him and Kaiser kicked off Atlas, um, gosh, nine, or nine years now. Um, and he eh me back in, I want to say, August or September of 2011. Um, I tried to go back in the back blast and actually find um, that specific date, but I couldn't. I wasn't successful. But Dread actually named me first. He named me Fat Rudy, um, but I had a name change from Blue and some other college guys here in Charlotte, and they renamed me GOP. So, and I um, why I happen to love Fat Rudy. I also am glad they renamed you. And so I will tell you, uh, if you got an FNG and you get to name like Fat Rudy, let's rename that guy. Um, it is fine. <laughs> to do a rename, especially on a guy if he shows back up. So uh, in case anybody's also wondering, uh, Rudy's Roundtable is GOP's other life, and he is a famous uh, Charlotte photographer, So, and I know he does a bunch of other stuff. We're not going to go into that, but um, that's also where you get the Rudy piece from. So what else you want to share? Anything? Shout out to those guys for eh and you because those are quality guys. That, that Atlas group is a quality group there too. Anything else, anybody you want to shout out to there? Oh, gosh, C-SPAN, there's so many people. Um, you know, really blue, um, certainly Dread and Slaughter. You know, I've been to Peru with those guys several times. Um, those guys have just invested so much time and energy and um, just caring so much for me over the course of my journey with F3. And as busy as they are and as much as they've got going on, um, they frequently reach out to me. So that's been huge. Um, I'd also give a shout-out to Lizard. Uh, Lizard is um, with Search Ministries here in Charlotte. Uh, both him and Deep Waters kind of kicked off 
um, my anglers group, which is my shield lock group um, that we've been meeting with for, gosh, seven or eight years now. So that kind of started my, my, my faith journey. And, um, you know, agony's been a big part of the story. Um, you know, a bike ride many years ago, um, about six years ago, he talked about an information meeting about kicking, kicking off and starting a new church. And my, my wife and I were kind of on board with that from the beginning. Um, there's so many other guys, but I also want to shout out to Drop Thrill. Um, I haven't met the, the guy yet, but I, I look forward to meeting him just because of the initiative um, and the focus that the mental battle um, deserves and needs because, you know, 250 million people across the world um, struggle with depression and some kind of mental illness. And so um, I've got a lot of experience with it. And so um, I'm just thankful for Drop Thrill and the initiative that him and all these other guys are doing, including you, um, and making it a yearly or daily um, battle. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to kind of shout out to the listeners right now. So, obviously, you named off a bunch of really quality guys. My, my request is if you're listening to this right now and you've got to this point in the podcast, you're going to say, uh, mental battle, that doesn't affect me. I'm going to share with you, uh, you know, personal testimony, GOP. I'm going to share mine. You know, what we're going to tell you is if you go to workout and there's 10 guys, probably half of them have struggled with it at some point. So even if you're in a good place right now, right, I want you to sit back and listen because what you can do is when you're up and the guys below you need to, you know, you need to drop a rope to them and pull them with you uh, through a tough patch, be that guy. And so when you hear these kind of testimonies, be the kind of guy that you say, oh, that doesn't affect me right now. Be the kind of guy that listens so you can help your friends out when they need the help. And I don't, I don't know if you want to share anything, any advice before we get into it, but it's so important, this brotherhood, this F3, that's, it's, a, it's a workout group, but it's so much more than that. And this is part of it. As men, we don't have anybody to help us except our friends. Uh, we have our faith and we have our friends. And so to, you know, to call your wife and say, hey, um, I need you to, you know, you know, dig me out of this huge mess I've gotten myself into is so much for your wife. She's much, so much more than that. You need your friends to be able to pull you along. And so I, I don't know, if GOP, if you want to share anything else before we get into the um, just advice for the listeners as, as we're, before we start. You know, gosh, there's so much on my mind and my heart. I'm trying to kind of pull together, um, you know, my experience of, of dealing with a mental illness, specifically depression, for 20 years, really since 2001. Um, and F3, honestly, um, along with my faith, has, has really saved my life. Um, and, you know, the journey that I'm on now and getting right um, has been a very long, slow and arduous process, um, lots of therapy, uh, you know, all kinds of, of stuff. And, you know, I really believe that we're only as sick as our darkest secrets. And, you know, part of my intentionality and mission now is to, um, you know, really kind of bring light to this issue and, and to remove the stigma of mental health. Um, and I feel really strongly about that. And since I've become more open about my struggles, um, you know, so many other people begin to reach out to you. And so there's just this common bond and it's just caring for one another. So, yeah, I mean, 
I've got a lot to talk about. Um, but, yeah, that's what I would say. Um, and really, you know, the hard part for me um, with F3 was, you know, the fart sack is a really deep and dark and scary place to be, especially for somebody who struggles with depression. Um, and a lot of times guys who are really, really down and really low, they don't, um, they can't get out of the fart sack. Um, they want to, they want to feel better before they take action, but really you need to take action as hard as that is, um, take action and then you feel better. Does that kind of make sense a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And I guess maybe I, I, you know, you and I talked a few years ago and I know you were working through stuff and, um, but I think if the, for the pod packers, if you can kind of set the table of your personal testimony and a little bit about your mental health journey, I think um, we can just take it from there. But I, I think if we could start with you kind of setting the table of your personal situation and sharing your testimony, I think will help the pod packers understand how far you've come. Because I think that's the other thing is, um, I mean, we're all working on trying to get a little bit better every day. Um, I, I think that will also help uh, kind of start the conversation. Sure. So I'll just sure, hand it back sure. to you. Well, yeah, I've got a lot of bullet points, um, kind of like a timeline. And, and really, it kind of began um, when I graduated from college in 1998. Um, you know, I, I studied business. Um, I, I grew up in northern Virginia. My dad, my dad was the youngest of 14 children. He was the runt, and he worked really hard, and he was an amazing father. Um, but it was kind of always, you know, graduate and move on to the next thing and climb that ladder. And that, I knew that just wasn't me. Um, and so when I graduated, I, I moved down to Charlotte to be with some college buddies, um, many of which are still in F3, Blue, Codename, and Doe. And I, I came down here and, and, and lived with them, um, really couch surfed and uh, picked up some temp jobs, and um, I got a part-time job working at Great Outdoor Provision Company in Charlotte, uh, which is a privately owned specialty outdoor store. I've been here 20 years, so that's kind of my, my new F3 name is GOP, um, and I, I worked here. Um, the guy who hired me became a mentor and helped bring me to Christ. Um, you know, there's a deep story in, in that in and of itself. Um, and I decided that I, I didn't want to work for a bank. Um, I was young, and I still had a lot of wanderlust in me. So I, I literally just um, packed up. I bought a truck and um, lived out of my truck and traveled and worked and led trips out west. And um, I did a cross-country bike tour. And I was really just seeking and, you know, wanted to figure out, you know, what my purpose in life was. And I, I really had no clue. I had no direction. So I did that for two years. Um, and it got, it got emotionally draining um, leading trips and, and not having a place to hang my hat for a few days. So I came back to Charlotte. Um, I settled down. I came back and worked at the store. Still really didn't know, you know, what kind of career or full-time job I was going to pursue. And it really, it sent me into a downward spiral, spiral of just really self-doubt and, and really negativity. And it was my lowest of low was the ice storm in Charlotte, I think around 2002. Um, and that's when my parents noticed that something wasn't quite right and I wasn't myself. And they said, hey, you know, you got to do something. You've got to go see somebody. You got to promise us. So, you know, I, 
I did. I knew I knew I knew I wasn't feeling well, and so I I took that initiative. Unfortunately, at the time, there really wasn't anybody available, um, and I haven't really told too many people this, um, but I actually had to um, go over to the 24-hour psychiatric hospital on Billingsville Road um, and walk in over there. I didn't stay the night, but I walked out of there with a, you know, with a prescription um, to an antidepressant that I've been on for 20 years. And throughout the course of that, um, I, did, I did some therapy, a lot of therapy, um, you know, got connected with a really good um, psychiatrist and psychologist, you know, kind of went through all those things and um, kind of got back to a level where I, I maintained. Um, but that ice storm, you know, God, God was looking after me because Blue, Blue randomly came by the house when I was closed in without power for four days during an ice storm at my lowest of lows and came in and, and reached out to me and pulled me out of a, a situation that could have gone, you know, really bad, uh, probably saved my life. Um, and... So I kind of got back on my feet and, um, you know, began to, you know, create better habits and, and work full time at, at the store and kind of turn turn this job into a career. Um, a lot of things in between then happened. I, you know, I got rebaptized as an adult and, um, you know, turned my life over to the Lord again. Well, when you do that, you know, things don't get easier. They, they actually get harder. And, um, so that happened, gosh, I was the victim of a home invasion. Um, I was randomly, um, invaded in my home and shot in my own home. Uh, I went through six months of eye movement desensitization recovery for six months for that. And by way of that, um, the therapist wanted me to go back to my mother and find out a lot of family history. So I had to go to my mom. This was actually after my dad passed away. My dad passed away suddenly in November of 2011, right after I started F3 and right after my first son was born. And I had to go ask my mom some questions that I didn't know the answer to. And come to find out um, that my grandfather, my, my dad's father, um, took his own life. And my, my uncle Rudy, who I'm named after, found him in the garage. And my dad had never shared that with me, and I didn't learn that until I was, you know, 35 years of age. And so then I began to begin to dig in to try and understand, you know, why, why I was dealing with depression. Um, was it biological? Was it spiritual? Was it, you know, kind of all these things? And it really is kind of all those things. And... Um, it hasn't been easy. I mean, I'm just now kind of getting right, so to speak, um, through this whole process. And a big part of that process has been my shield lock. Um, it's been speaking up about it. Um, it's been, what else has it been? Um, oh, it's, um, yeah, when I saw you C-SPAN two years ago and came up there and posted with my buddy, um, he was sober. He, he had been sober for a couple months now, and he's now since been sober for over a year. We went to an AA meeting up when I visited him and saw you. That was Lent two years ago. Well, Lent, um, this past Ash Wednesday, I decided to stop drinking alcohol 
And then the Lord kind of nudged me, and I've since decided to give it up for good. And, you know, depression and alcohol do not mix well together. So that's my main reason for giving it up, not to mention I think it's been holding me back. So um, I've been, I've been drink-free since Ash Wednesday, and I feel great. I feel great. So that's a long ramble, but... No, no, and I gotta, I gotta jump in. There's a bunch of the pieces I've been taking notes the whole time you've been talking. Okay. First one, first one is just a huge shout out to Blue. This is the brotherhood that I keep talking about. He could sense something was wrong, even in a nice storm where he couldn't, you know, he couldn't keep up with you. He knew something was wrong and went to go check on you. That's yeah. like, I can't find a better example of the brotherhood I'm talking about. Even when you don't say something. A guy knows you well enough to come check on you. That's what, you know, like, if you don't get anything else out of this podcast, be like Blue. <laughs> that's, that's what yeah. this is about. Be the kind of guy that knows your friends well enough that when you don't hear from them, you go check on them. So All right. the next one, uh, the next one, Drop Thrill and I have talked about this one. We all have families. We all have different family history. All our parents did the best, you know, our aunts and uncles, everybody did the best they could. If you have family history, same thing if we had family history for skin cancer, we should have the same kind of methods or plan or strategy to deal with that with our family history if it's around mental illness. And I, I, I can't stress that enough. You need to know your family history. Understand that your parents, everybody did the best they could, but you probably we all have different things to deal with. And so just just own it. Don't don't you don't try and rewrite history. You just own it and try and make a plan from there. The next one is the I mean you were very, you know, you presented it and articulated it very well. Therapy is a piece of this mental health. If you get I, I like to use my Jeep analogy. My Jeep breaks mm-hmm. down, I'm a pretty smart guy. I can I can, you know, if you give me some wrenches and I'm I'm pretty good at fixing things. I can do some things, right? There's other things on that Jeep I can't fix, right? And I have to take it to a mechanic. Same thing with mental health. If it's something little and you can just fight your way through it, great. More power to you. It's going to make you hopefully a stronger person when you come out the other side. But in reality, there's going to be pieces that are too complicated. The other thing that Blue was probably smart enough to recognize is you needed a mechanic, which means you probably needed to go to therapy. And we should be able to support each other. And there's no stigma about, you know, if the Jeep's not running right, I just don't run outside and mash the gas harder to make (laughs) it struggle more, right, and to break it completely. That's not what we do. What we want to do is be the kind of guys who recognize somebody struggling and help them get to the mechanic to get it fixed. So the last one, I'm just going to tell you, there's a bunch of us uh, in F3 that don't do – we don't drink, right? I'm – I have a sugar problem, but I'm pretty much straight edge besides that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just easier. And if you're struggling with that, reach out, reach out to GOP. You can reach out to me. There's a bunch. I can make a long list of guys in F3 that if you're struggling with that, uh, life, it's harder to deal with that nonsense every morning than it is just to stop drinking and say, I don't drink anymore. That's the easiest piece of it is just say, I don't do this anymore. Um, F3 is the kind of place where guys have always welcomed me, um, haven't made me feel awkward because I'm not drinking. They've been very, very inclusive. Um, 
the entire time, and, and we want to be that kind of group. So I'm going to get out of your way and let you start talking again, but I just I appreciate yeah, hearing your testimony. I was, taking, I was taking notes as fast as I could there. I'm sure I missed some points, but I just appreciate it because I think you nailed um, my boy Blue is the, like exactly the kind of, you know, I want to make sure everybody's clear. That's exactly the kind of brotherhood we're looking for. So I'll hand it back to you. And that's what, you know, that's what it is. That's what F3 is. And, um, you know, do, have I tried to come off my medication? Um, yes. Um, has it worked? Not always, but I'm still hopeful because now that I'm not drinking, you know, that I still have that hope and it's, it's, in, it's within reach and, um, but it's a plan. And so, you know, um, you know, that's what, that's what my care team's for, you know, my psychiatrist and, and my pediatrician who I've got just a great relationship with. Um, the other thing I would add, and, and this is kind of a serious thing, and it's, um, you know, I've been the victim of a home invasion, so a lot of people ask me now, well, do you have a, do you have a gun? And, and my wife and I aren't gun people. My wife hates guns, and I really can't be a gun person because I struggle with mental illness. So somebody who struggles with mental illness, um, and this isn't like, about, you know, um, you know, safety for other people. This is safety for self. So um, that's a personal choice that I don't own a gun because um, of, of me knowing where I've been, um, you know, during the ice storm of 2002. So that, that's an important piece that I think people need to know, too, is if you have a history of it, um, you shouldn't have it. You shouldn't have a gun within arms, within, within, in your house. Um, and I think that that needs to be, you know, mentioned for people um, because it's an important thing and yeah i mean it's just okay not to be okay i mean anybody you know the the older i get the more i realize how everybody's you know messed up and everybody's broken and and everybody's got demons that they're dealing with and the more um open you're able to be with what your struggle is um you know, there's freedom in that. And, you know, fortunately, my faith, um, you know, Christ has really shown uh, his strength in my weakness um, by all these men that have entered my life since F3. I mean, I never had a mentor um, until F3, until I was, you know, 30. Um, oh, I forgot to shout out to Cougar. Cougar and I have been, uh, he's been my mentor for gosh, going on six years now, maybe even more. And, um, just, a, just a great man. And, and we just, we just connect and I can, you know, I can just open up to him and, you know, we come from completely different walks of life, different careers. And, um, but we have, you know, we have that bond and that's really the beauty of F3. Even early on when I went, you know, I felt so kind of out of place within all these other you know, bankers and CEOs in Charlotte and, um, man, you're just, we're all the same, you know, we're all wired the same and, you know, the core value of just not leaving somebody, um, behind, but not leaving them where you found them. It's just, it's been huge and, um, I'm grateful and, um, yeah, after he's, it's, it's saved my life. Yeah. And I, I'm just shout out to Cougar because I think, uh, you, these kind of relationships that we're talking about. First of all, the shield lock, and I'm just going to kind of go through this. 
<clears throat> for the listeners. Couple couple pieces he discussed, um, GOP has discussed in, in this conversation so far. Um, he's got a faith component. You know, F3 is open to men of all faith. He, he has a faith component that he's working on. He has a, a preacher that he has a relationship with, both him and his wife, and they are focused on that. The next piece is he has a shield lock. He has a group of guys around him that are trying to make him better and providing some guardrails, um, getting him um, as close to on course every single day as they can and being the kind of guys that will step in and help him um, when he needs help. The other piece of that, he has this uh, blade stone relationship with Cougar, who's another outstanding guy. Just surround yourself with quality men, especially, um, you know, for these kind of like moments where things, you start to struggle with stuff. It, it is fine to rely on this kind of network around you, but don't think you have to do it all by yourself. That, that would be the other one I would, I would share is uh, GOP basically outlined in his testimony, he surrounded himself with all these really high-quality men, and it's easier now. Um, and so if you're listening to this and you're struggling, kind of use that uh, guideline or that outline that GOP just provided that you don't think you have to do it all in, on your own. So I'll hand it back to you. Got you. Yeah, we can't do it on our on our own. I mean, that's you know, I tried to do it on my own and I failed miserably. Um, and I lost my train of thought. Um, I, well, I think I lost sometimes, and I, I got I got you I got you overwhelmed there because I know what we were talking about is I've, I've kind of talked about this group of men you surrounded yourself with that are super guys, but I'm sure that that's more overwhelming when you start thinking about uh, you have all these men pouring into you now. Um, Oh, I know what I I was going to say. You know, it's been just so, so, so incredibly hard to get right. You know, I'm just now going through like the manual of of QSource and um, man, I've been trying to get right for, (laughs) you know, this has been a 20 year, you know, process, you know, dealing with, with my mental um, issues and, um, I'm just now kind of, you know, on the other side uh, because of all these things. And, you know, we, we get up and we work out and, and we strengthen, you know, physically our, our, our muscles. Well, you know, we have to continually be strengthening our, our, our physical uh, muscle and our mental, our mental muscle because um, it's, it's just as critical, if not, if not more important. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, um, I don't know if there's... I'm going to ask some other questions just because I feel like, yeah, because um, you, you're being an open book, and I and I appreciate that, and I'm sure all the uh, the, the listeners appreciate that also. Let's let's talk a little bit more about, um, you know, we've talked about you surrounding yourself with, um, you know, the right kind of guys. Can you talk a little bit about your your weekly routine? Because I think this is another thing that I want to make sure I'm I ask uh, guests on the roundtable is can you kind of talk about your week of how you are kind of a little bit about your schedule of what the activities you're doing to manage to kind of stay on track or stay on course with mental health? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And, you know, what I've learned, I've learned a ton from Dread. Um, but, you know, consistency is huge. And, you know, with the job that I have, it's very kind of scattered and sporadic. I don't really have a set schedule, so that can kind of make it difficult 
Now there are parts of that that I that I do really like because I'm I'm a spontaneous person, but um, yeah. So each day, my focus now, more so within the past month or two, is to get up early, whether I I feel like getting up or not. Um, getting up and dropping to my knees and and thanking you know the Lord. Um, for, for still being healthy and being alive, um, and then asking him to remove um, the depression from me, um, asking him to remove the desire to drink and to keep me sober. Um, so there's, there's some prayer. Um, since the pandemic started, I've been meditating daily about 10 minutes a day. Um, I use the Headspace app. I've used tons of apps, but the Headspace app is, is by far probably my favorite. Um, I've even gotten my boys. I have two, two children, nine and seven. Um, kind of on a little bit of that. So meditation has been huge. Um, and then exercise is very, very, very critically, very critical for somebody like me who struggles with mental health. Um, I mean, it's a requirement to get your body moving, to get your heart rate up. Um, so I do, I have struggled with some injury and, and stuff, but if I can't go out and do a workout um, in the gloom with, with guys, then at home I'm either stretching uh, or doing yoga. Uh, recently I've been doing in-home workouts with my nine-year-old, so that's been that's been pretty awesome. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, I want to I want to start creating a legacy and making an impact. So, you know, you know, so Slaughter's always told me, hey, you can make an impact just right where you are. You know, you, you don't have to go out and do anything great and big and do this and do that. You you can make an impact right where you are. So my focus. Um, daily is is to try and do that in some small way, shape, or form for somebody else. So really, those kind of three or four things. Um, yeah, and and I've gotten more into a routine since the pandemic with those things, and that's been one of the blessings of the pandemic. Um, is really kind of getting those dialed in, and then realizing how important it is to be consistent with that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm going to jump in. I, I was taking notes. I'm going to jump in and go over a couple of those. The one thing I, I just appreciate you saying is getting up early. Um, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with depression and you're like, well, I slept until 10, I woke up at 4, I slept until 8.30, I woke up at 3.30, I can't sleep at night. Um, this whole consistency thing and waking up early um, – and uh, I know Winklevoss and some other guys have shared uh, this whole thing about your caffeine intake needs to end so you can actually have quality sleep so you can end up, then wake up early. Um, but it's actually about this consistency of building a schedule that you wake up at the same time every day. And so if that includes F3, you need to wake up at the same time um, every day of the week. Um, I love the routine of getting up and praying in the morning. Um, the other one... Um, I know Jules in Delaware, King of Beers, they have a mindfulness workout on Thursdays virtually that guys can join. It's, uh, it, you can join the Nation Slack channel and the virtual workouts to join that. But um, How do you – I'd love to yeah, – I'm the, not on Slack. How would you find that? Yeah, I, I can help That's you with that. I'll show put notes, there, right? I'll put it in the comments. Okay. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. But the, uh, the, the big thing for me that I want everybody to understand is there's, there's two different pieces that uh, GOP just described there. There's this prayer life, and there's this meditation where it's a calming of your mind where you don't 
you know, and I'm trying to describe it two different ways. There's your prayer life where you're going to the Lord and saying, please take these things. Um, and meditation is where you're trying to focus your mind and, and trying to tell your mind that you're in charge. And so one of the things with that is um, it'll actually improve your prayer life if you can actually control your mind and not just be rambling on uh, whenever you're in prayer. So um, both those are great. This whole thing about leaving a legacy is awesome, and I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing that. So I'll hand it back to you from there. Yeah, the other thing I would say about meditation, I mean, there are numerous studies that it can rewire your brain um, for incredible benefits. And I'm already, you know, feeling that. And the best way that I describe meditation to somebody who's never done it is, you know, if anything, just kind of try and focus on your breath and counting your breaths. Um which is harder than you would think to get to 10 breaths. Um, and then also, you know, if you were to picture yourself just lying beside a river um, and these thoughts that enter your mind, um, you just want to let them kind of flow down the river and then bring your attention back to where you are, uh, to your breath. Um, and that's an easy way to, you know, think about what meditation is and to really kind of simplify it. But then also another analogy I just heard, you know, kind of related to a river is, you know, you know, we're all, you know, we're going downstream or upstream and, you know, you're, you're trying to, you know, to get better and to get right. And, and there's all these things in the river and a lot of it is, you know, driftwood um, that's been stocked up in the river from floods. And, you know, it, it can seem pretty daunting when you've got, you know, a whole lot of driftwood in the middle of the river and you need to get rid of it all. But really, you know, really my focus has been just trying to pull out one or two twigs or sticks at a time um, and then to refocus. And, you know, like, like you said when you started the call, you know, just being intentional, I've been able to be far, far more intentional um, during this past month because I haven't been drinking. And since I haven't been drinking, my sleep has dramatically improved. So I get to bed early, earlier, I sleep longer, and then I can get up early. So it's just a, you know, it's just a positive snowball effect. And um, being intentional has really, um, I've, been, I've been able to do that more so now and feel like I have more uh, missionality, as Dredd calls it, even though missionality isn't really a word, but being intentional and more missional um, because of those things. Yeah, I, I was going to toss out one more on the on the meditation piece. Uh, I'm 52 years old. There's been um, I want to tell you guys it's all been sunshine and rainbows, but reality is there's been you know there's been some so many goods that I you know and, and pleasant things that have happened to me in my life, but there's some negatives, right? And the problem is sometimes if you're not in charge of your brain and deliberate about how you control it, only the negatives will come to the into your into your you know, the top of the, they always seem to bubble up to the top of the negatives, the, the bad things that have happened to you. One of the things meditation allows you to do is focus on a lot of those positives. And so your your outlook for your day, and um, I'm not really describing it very well, but it basically you're not like suppressing those memories, but you're basically not making them the focus of every time your brain goes idle. It doesn't actually bring up a negative thought. It brings up a positive thought. 
and it really will change your outlook on on life. Um, I yeah, the other the other thing enough, that you just reminded me of is uh, journaling. I've been an avid journal journaler since my first summer out west, um, sophomore year of college, and I've journaled, you know, since then. And you know, there is a very therapeutic um, process to actually writing uh, something down, especially with pen and paper, and then having those journals to look back on. Um, you know, there's just something about that. And, you know, I've started to incorporate um, with my journaling, you know, prayer, because when I first started my faith walk, I didn't know how to pray. And writing really helps with that and just writing down kind of what you're feeling. Um, and then also, you know, writing down what you're grateful for um, in your journal can be, you know, a huge part of the healing process and removing those um, negative thoughts that can just, you know, consume somebody who's, who's dealing with, you know, a mental health issue. Brother, I, I am going to tell you, I've been so encouraged speaking with you today. Um, we're getting on top of our time, and I, I feel like I probably, I want to give you some um, additional space if there's things you want to share with the guys. Why don't you, um, you know, I'll give you final comments. Anything you want to share or, or add to this, what we've talked about already, um, floor is yours. Um, gosh, let's see. Thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you for what did. Uh, for connecting us. I um, met and had coffee with him last week and shared kind of my story and testimony. And he said, man, you should get, you should get on the round table with, with C-SPAN. And, you know, within two days later, he had, you know, you guys had lined it up. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, I guess I'm going to, you know, tell my story. And, you know, there's no shame. And I, I used to be a lot more reluctant in terms of who I shared my story about, but it's really kind of who I am. And I've always been somebody who's very genuine and very caring. And what I've historically found also is those people who struggle with mental health are very caring, very sympathetic people. Um, and the other thing I would say is um, if we can put in the show notes, you can, I, I can give out my phone number. Anybody can call or text, or reach out to me at any time of the day. Um, I would love to be a resource for people who are kind of struggling with this, and I know there are people uh, who are struggling with it um, because it is a epidemic within a pandemic. Um, and let's see, what else would I add? Um, no, I loved your beginning comments about, you know, being intentional and, and celebrating 33 years of marriage. Uh, to your wife, Amy, congratulations. Um, and, you know, I've been married going on 12 years now, and it takes a lot of intentionality. And um, I want to give a shout-out to my wife, my lovely wife, Sarah, who I love very much. She's been so supportive of me kind of during all these ups and downs. Um, and then the other thing that you put on my heart and mind is uh, Grow Rock. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join on and do the Grow Rock in Charlotte with what did um, – and I'd love to see some other guys show up and, and do the Grow Rocks. I'm just, I'm excited for the nation. Um, I'm excited to be on the, the podcast. And I appreciate, you know, guys just hearing me out and, and um, knowing that 
this this is this is a worldwide problem. It's a problem in our nation, and and you know F three is is beating sad clown syndrome and helping people who deal with mental health. So thank you to the nation. Yeah, and I'll if you made it to this point, hopefully you heard what I said in the beginning. Even if you're not struggling right now, you might by the time we get through this pandemic, you're gonna have friends that are struggling with it, you're gonna have kids that are struggling with it, you might have parents that struggle with it. Be the kind of guy that steps up and I wanna just uh, I feel like we should give a special shout out to Blue. Be the kind of guy that in the middle of an ice storm, you know to check on the guy that you haven't heard from in a bit. And so, um, brother, just thank you so much for being on the uh, being on the podcast. And uh, Knuckle Bumps, I'm sure you'll see me around Charlotte, but I uh, Knuckle Bumps all around. Just keep up the good work, and I appreciate you. Uh, the, your contact information will be in the uh, show notes for anybody who wants to get in touch with you. And, uh, and my Man Drops Reel is always available for anybody who needs, uh, if you need to talk, don't feel like you got to go out alone. Reach out, okay? And so, brother, have a uh, have a great rest of your uh, week. And then for the rest of you, I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Cease, man. Thank you. Happy Easter. Uh, likewise, brother. Peace.